Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Social, Socially Savvy. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, with guest host, co-host, Shelly Bennett, lady around town, brand builder, and people connector. Hey, Shelly. Hello. Yeah, I know we have a mic today. It's going to throw all the call. <laughs> um, we have special guests. Um, all right. Say, Avril. Avril. I know. I was like, I'm looking at my autocorrect and made you Avery like the label maker. That's wonderful. You're not the first. <laughs> From Taste Washington, she's going to be telling us all about Taste this year, and we are live here with Lisa at Working Tasting Room here in Woodenville. Thank you for coming. Thanks for being here. It is a pleasure. We're going to be uh, chatting about Lisa's delicious wines, um, her adorable tasting room, which, by the way, I love this space. Um, and today's topic is for the love of social. <laughs> I've been going basics and covering do's and don'ts when attending mixed demographic events and discussing our question of the week we present to our socially savvy listeners. So with that said, today's show is being brought to you by Working Wines, Alvin Bofar Brewer, and Talking Wine Beverages. Today's show. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thank so you for coming in. to share your wine. wine. Yeah. Tell yeah. us all about it. So the first one, this is uh, our um, 100% Syrah Rosé. Uh, we just released this um, in time for just right after Valentine's Day, but it's um, Stillwater Creek Vineyard, 100%. Fruit comes in, it's nice and cold, and we go direct to press. Um, it's got a little bit of residual sugar, but it's light and bright and nice acidity, and uh, this is going to be a favorite, I think, for the spring yeah. and the summer. Mm-hmm. I wish everybody could see it. The color it's is gorgeous. gorgeous. Is gorgeous and the the nose on this, which I think most people really appreciate about rosés, especially coming into spring and summer, is that that brightness. And even when the sun isn't out in Washington, you get it makes you feel like it is right. Mm-hmm. Especially we need it after this winter. Everybody's like, we had a mad dash after snowmageddon me in here for the rosé. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I bet. Yeah, yeah, we're all in need of sun. Yeah. So Lisa, tell us a little bit about um, the tasting room and like how you got started into all this because I. Love Love all your wines. I'm really excited to share them, um, and I think you have a great story and the name too. Okay, you need. To yeah, know yeah. we need I'll to know the one. That's okay. So actually, War King is my maiden name. It's been hyphenated that way, and in my family for five generations. Wow. My wow. dad's from the UK. I'm first generation here, and um, part of starting the winery uh, was that um, my family said, "Well, you got to use the name." So we, we went with the then. name, and um, we used the poppy um, kind of to kind of soften the uh, very um, masculine name. Mm-hmm. But the poppy actually ties back to my family as well, too, because they, uh, they fought in World War One and Two. Oh, wow. And the poppy is how uh, in, in Europe they remember their vet. Yeah. So we've, mm-hmm. we've got that in there, too. So we're trying to tie it all together. And our designer is actually Sarah Nelson. She's over in the Tri-Cities area, and she... Um, brought the same kind of look, that arts and crafts feel um, as well, which started in the old world and moved to the new world. And so that's kind of how we make our wine. We use um, new world fruit in uh, an old world style of winemaking. And oh, so that. it all comes together. Yeah. I absolutely adore this. So what do you ladies think of the mm. rosé? So good. It's I love bright. Like you said, it's got a really bright taste to it. You can definitely tell it tastes the fruit. And I think this would be excellent. If, you know, you start thinking about Easter and Mother's Day and brunches. Oh. This is a great bottle to just have in your fridge ready to go. 
I agree, and I think this one could totally get you in trouble too. It yeah. goes down so easily that I um, I think this would be a favorite, and it pairs really well with anything with a little bit of spice. Um, I did a winemaker's dinner the other night, and um, and we had um, a little bit of um, spice to the dish, and it just it brought it all together. Pops it really nicely. Mm-hmm. April, what is your thought? Well, about it? I've been trying not to react because I was obviously not paying attention when you said. <laughs> what are the varietals? In it's 100% Syrah. <sighs> Direct well, to press. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare for a rosé to right. be 100% Syrah. Yeah. That's so awesome. I um I spent some time in France. We have some friends who make um only Syrah rosé mm. uh, in Orange, down in um, Provence area, and they um I kind of saw the, how they were making wine and. I copied them. Loved it. You nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. Hey, you know, they say that copying is the highest form of flattery. Right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and this one is actually named, this rosé is uh, named Marie Noel, which is the name of the grandmother. Um, I had a, a French exchange student um, for two summers here in the U.S., and these were his grandparents, and they invited us to come and stay oh, with them, wow. and we had such a lovely experience. And she was such an amazing and lovely and strong woman, so we named the wine after. See, this is one of the things I think that I really enjoy about Washington wines, and I know that we're going to be talking about Taste Washington here, you know, towards the end of the show, but there's so much of the storytelling and legacy and um, just you don't see a lot of that in, in our seems to be one of the few places that people use it as a long-term legacy or a long-term thank you or a remembrance, which I think is such an awesome honor bound mm-hmm. tradition that's been lost in so many different things. Right. I think, um, wine, we've all been with friends and family and you sit down for that great meal and you open a great bottle of wine and it just brings everybody together and it bridges differences. I think wine really is, um, Something that just kind of enhances life. Yes, you're totally right to the storytelling piece. Yeah, and from speaking from the wine industry, uh, it's cool to see more and more. And this is a great example of this from the wine making side, but even from the consumer side, people are getting more curious. Yeah, people are experimenting, experimenting more. People are educating themselves, and people are just trying new things. So when you have wonderful people behind the wines that are telling these beautiful stories. And then you have people like us who just love to indulge in them. Oh, yeah. It's like the perfect match. I know. It's, uh, okay. We could go on for a while. (laughs) With that said, we're going to jump into our topic for the love of social. (laughs) (laughs) One topic. Going out to events and being a part of mixed demographic events can create amazing new relationships and experiences if you just open yourself up to them. However, when going into these types of events, it's important to remember that with a diverse group will come diverse opinions. So how do you traverse these waters and get the most out of events? Well, that's what we're here to discuss today. So with that, um, Shelly, do you want to start us off with um, some of the event-going basics? Uh, Let's talk about Events 101. Attention to detail. We have, unfortunately or fortunately in the Northwest, experienced lovely versions of casual but I love how you said that that was was very gracious (laughs) but as we know there are some events even in our cities and areas that casual is not really acceptable so please know when you're going to an event what exactly it is and how you're supposed to present yourself (laughs) at the event I love how you're so kind and polite about it and this is where I do the socially savvy, <laughs> don't do it because it's stupid. 
sometimes casual is just simply not acceptable. Right. Um, I was on a social media um, events page today, and it is an event that we're featuring, and they have uh, a very specific attire request. And somebody thought that it would be cute to go on and make a smart aleck comment about jeans and a T-shirt. And I came back and said, absolutely not. <laughs> and, and it's interesting because people, I, I, I believe they thought that they were being funny. But the downside to trying to make fun or light of those types of things is it creates confusion for people who are looking to go. Right. And mm-hmm. the idea of, of going over some of these basics and stuff is to help people feel empowered when they walk in. And so if you make light of something and you say something like, oh, yeah, no, jeans and a T-shirt is going to be fine, and they show up in jeans and a T-shirt, not only are they embarrassed, now they're confused, and they don't – and their, their whole – ambiance and experience with that event is going to be basically a nightmare from that from that first step so I think it's really important to not to to take those types of things seriously and not make light of them or fun of them or think that you should be able to change the rules and go oh well you know that's what's the word when um, you say you're excluding people um I'm trying to think where you're not including ostracizing somebody right but but when if you're if you're asking for a certain attire that's not about exclusion that's about trying to create an inclusion where everybody knows what's expected Mm -hmm. well that's Mm -hmm. the thing about events too nobody wants to go to an event and have a terrible time no because it takes time and energy to go to events oh clink that's a really good I think we're going to be bouncing into our second season. <laughs> All right, Lisa, tell us about this lovely thing that we have in front of us. All right, so this is our 2017 Roussan. This is 100% Roussan. Um, I get this fruit out of a, a vineyard up in Mesa area uh, from Gamache Vineyard. Um, 100%, uh, it's uh, barrel fermented in French oak. Um, once we get those, the best of the oak in this wine, we pull it out and let it age in stainless steel. So it's got the weight of a Chardonnay, mm-hmm. but it's got really nice floral notes, orange peel, a little bit of spice. Just a little more exotic than your than your normal white wine. That's really yeah. pretty. I love it. And and most uh, anybody who's been following this show for the last nine years, eight nine years, I was doing it before and and now know that I've never been a big huge fan of white. But Washington White, because they have a tendency to hold truer to the varietal flavor mm-hmm. versus, you know, some regions, we're just not even going to say who they are, like to make <laughs> all of one varietal taste the same. And it's like, that's boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's know? not an adult juice, bo- juice box. No, no. We, we, want some, really, yeah, <laughs> we want something to enjoy. To it. Exactly. And I think the winemakers here in Washington State, they really do can, like you can have a Pinot Gris. And everybody approaches it differently, and it and it really becomes like you could have it from winery A, and it's very different than winery C. So there's really artistry in in yeah. in that, um, and we we try to be different. None of us try to be all the same. Well said. Mm-hmm. So while we're sitting here drinking white, I think um, a lot of people don't necessarily know quite how to present whites. They know you're supposed to present them cold. So what does that mean? Does that translate to take it right out of the fridge and serve it immediately? Does that mean let it sit for 15 minutes? What's your recommendation as a winemaker when it comes to your whites? 
Well, I think it depends on the varietal, um, but you don't want it right out of the fridge. Normally, you want to let it warm up a really, little bit. Really, I have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not good at waiting. <laughs> yeah, but you can, you know, you can pick it up. You can smell it. When you start to get more of the aromatics out of that wine, then it's, it's probably ready. And, and it will vary by varietal, by, by um, you know, yeah, by palate, yeah. too. Other people will choose to drink something right out of the freezer. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun thing to ice experiment cube. with. I yeah. know some people who prefer to actually have their red chills. Right. But, yeah. 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 but it's fun to play with because it really does change the taste mm-hmm. depending on what stage you're drinking it at. Right. right. So you could actually make a party out of, okay, what's our favorite way of drinking this wine? Let's, yeah. let's spend an hour and do a taste test every sure. five minutes when it comes out of the fridge. If it's a, a white and if it's a red, you know, do you pop it in the fridge for 10 minutes to cool it down because of where it's being stored, or do you take it out of your storage and then same thing? Well, mm-hmm. you know what's great is that there are no rules. Right. I mean, you do you, as they say. Yeah, right. Wine no, <laughs> is pretty awesome yeah. that way. Or yeah. as, you know, if you're in Italy, you'd be, you know, you can offend the an case. Italian really by not having a piece of food with your wine. They like oh, the yeah. combinations of foods and wines in the, in the mouth at the same time, where there's parts in France where they'd be totally aghast if you actually threw a piece of cheese in your mouth while you were drinking your wine. So it is interesting. Well, a huge compliment to you. This response is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Washington State produces nearly 70 different grape varietals across the state, and Rusan is definitely one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. Lesser seen, lesser known, and you yes. do this one very well. Thank you. Yeah. We, we like sneaker wine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great sneaker. <laughs> yeah, It is fabulous. Okay, so for those people who are listening now and going to be listening in the future, if they wanted to come in and grab a bottle of the rosé or your Rusan, what are they looking at for a price point? Okay, so for the rosé, it's 19, and for the Roussan, it's 26. Wow. Okay. This is why it's called the party wine. (laughs) Okay, we're going to bounce back into the event basics. So, number two, smelly is smelly. Make sure you are prepared to be in close proximity with other people. This is not only a means eliminating body odors can be from food to eat, it can be from workout or other life activities, but it also means don't douse yourself in fragrance, particularly when you're talking about wine tasting because your olfactory, which is what helps you really enjoy the wine, is a big part of your nose. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think that, you know, you put it in your mouth and that's where you're going to get the flavor. But if your nose is being impounded with other things, it is going to make the wine actually taste different. So, important fact, smelly is smelly. Know what's going on in your personal little bubble. Great. <laughs> yeah, and especially when you're serving it, too, if you're working in a tasting room or yep. you're in a van and you're pouring it, like, you may, you may not realize how strong that scent mm-hmm. is and yep. how it is impacting the wine. Yes, we don't want our wine to taste like the car noir. Right. <laughs> There's a couple other ones I could say, too, but I'm going to be nice. I just want to do an 80s reference. I thought that was easy. Oh, we all know that one. All of us know that Okie dokie. Most important, just smile. Smile, introduce yourself. Not, you know, we... Unfortunately, also in the Northwest, we have this really bad reputation of being the Seattle freeze. We don't need to be that. We're all very nice people. We all want to engage in other people. You have no idea what a smile can do for somebody, especially in an event when you're, maybe you're new to events and have never been somewhere before and you just don't know how to interact with people. A smile just 
it just makes people much more comfortable. It does. Well, and, and again, because we're talking about demographically unspecific, which means you're basically walking into a room where the diversity can be exponential. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have different cultures, different religions. And so, yes, that means you need to, there, there is, and I'm going to say it, there is some walking on, on broken glass. You need to kind of have that thought process of the conscientiousness of of the, the differences of people around you because it opens up the experience that you can learn something new and you can meet different people. I mean, if you really were to, if you were to really think and break it down, every person that you know, even in your closest circle, there's something about the, each of those people that you're kind of like, eh, that, that, that doesn't jive right with me. Now, add that on to an experience where you're outside of people that you know and love. You know, how did they, you get to know and love them? You got to know them. And well, obviously there's a common thread because you ended up at the same event. Yes, right. yes. You, would, you would hope. So you're like, yeah. there should be some like-mindedness. Right. Typically, mm-hmm. and you would hope. And so I guess, you know, the whole idea of these basics is to create a situation in which you can find some common ground in more than just whatever event you're at and be open. I mean, I have met some of the most amazing people that were completely polar opposite of me, and I've learned so much. And I love those experiences, and I become a better person and more enriched, you know, so that's the fun. Um, no proper attire. Yep. We kind of covered that a little bit, but a know. little bit. It's socks and Crocs or just <laughs> a no anywhere. Well, it worked for Mario Batali. <laughs> <laughs> but he was behind the counter and nobody really saw yeah. him. Crocs, but. I mean, I get that we all have our personal style and, and certain things that we like to do and wear. But again, when you're walking into a very open environment, if your intention is to be social, which for the love of social, do it right. Come as you are, but better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Present yourself at the best. And like we, I'm going to go back to the first one, attention to detail, from head to toe, front to back. Now, we do head to toe pretty easy. Most of us have a mirror that we can see ourselves in. <laughs> the front to back is where a lot of people get lost. You take a look at how fashion is made. And I, I wore one of my favorite shirts, um, and I did it for a reason because I knew it would remind me. Um, it is a, a less expensive shirt, and so the back is very simple material, and for me, being aware of my body type, I know that it shows extra body fat that's not necessarily appealing. So when I wear this particular shirt, I wear a jacket with it, um, and I know some people don't bother themselves with that, but I think if we were to go back to putting your best foot forward, I always go to the mirror and take a look back over my shoulder, you know, what does my backside look like? Because you're walking away from a whole lot of people and there's a first impression and there's a last impression. And what do you want them saying about you? You know, just kind of be aware. I mean, you know, does your tag constantly flip up? You know, did, did you put your belt on right? I mean, for God's sakes, I went to the gym yesterday and I had my workout pants on inside out. I mean... <laughs> You know, if you take that check, you're going to catch those little things and see if you missed, missed a beat on something. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> That's what happens when you get dressed in the dark. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. Well, I just took another little sip before I was supposed to speak. So I'm gonna, we're going to go to Lisa now because we have not talked about this beautiful wine. A lovely red in front of us. So tell us, yeah. what are we drinking so now? This is our Descendant blend. And um, this is a Bordeaux blend, but it's predominantly Cab Franc with some Cab Merlot and Petit Verdot. And the cool thing about this wine is that every year it changes a little bit, like the Descendants do. 
Um, and our, I come up with four final blends, four to five, and our wine club members pick what will be the final blend. Okay. So they okay. Did love it. that. Yeah, this is the 2016, and they did good. I haven't had right. to veto them yet. They're, they <laughs> they have good taste. So Talk I'm about lucky. for the love of being social to be able to walk into <sighs> your wine club and help produce your own wine is phenomenal. Okay, I need to know when your next one is. I've been in one blending oh, yeah. competition, <laughs> and I have to tell you, I loved it. To see, yeah. I didn't win, but I was a finalist. It was fun. I mean, just the experience and learning about. Uh, you know, the nuances of blending and, and, and literally how 1% of a Malbec or something can tweak a wine in such an amazing way. I think it kind of really brings an appreciation to people for what the winemakers go through. And what a great personal touch for you to be able to give to your club members, like way to like to let them get a peek behind the curtain. Or oh, feel totally. Close Absolutely. to the process. Yeah. Yeah, we, I feel really fortunate. Like we, we're up to 131 club members now. Woo-hoo! Um, but they are like our family and I really, I'm so like sometimes in this industry, you know, it's an image driven industry. You can get a little down on yourself. Um, but they are always there. They always encourage and they come in and they just build you back up and they put me back on track and, and let me know what, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, I don't think you should ever doubt yourself because you make amazing wines. Well, and there's a lot to be said about that. You'll hear about it when we talk about Taste Washington, and you're probably familiar, but that's what the industry is sort of building to, is being able to give the consumer this amazing experience. Yeah, and this closeness to the people and the faces and the talent behind these amazing products. Well, I'm going to shameless plug Alvin Goldfarb Jewelers. (laughs) Because, again, this also falls into a luxury experience. There's so many things that are happening in our world right now that become very commonplace, that it is really important for the consumer, especially in beautiful wines or in beautiful jewelry, to actually be able to participate in it. So it's almost like you you created a custom wine for your for your people that they wanted to be able to experience, to be able to talk about that are legacy items that get to be passed down from generation to generation, just like fine wine style. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think um, with this, this instant gratification and this short-term everything that we live in in this world today, it's nice to have, you know, beautiful jewelry and, and to talk about luxury things in a way that is not disrespectful or dismissive because luxury isn't about having something that nobody else has. Luxury is about an experience that you're willing to invest in because it's not common. It's not every day. It, it might be a once in a lifetime thing. It could be a distinctive piece of jewelry that you get to wear your entire life and then pass on to a daughter or granddaughter. It can be a, a beautiful bottle of wine that you name after somebody who has has you know created an everlasting memory and then you pass that memory on with that story um and i think you know moving forward it's nice to embrace and to really support that idea of luxury as a positive and not such a negative mm-hmm. so Absolutely. all right moving on with event basics stay off the phone yes please. <laughs> okay it, now there I'm, I'm going to say that there at events there are times where it's appropriate like if your media even as media, I am very careful about when I pull out my phone. Um, I try to be conscientious or not interrupt. But if somebody calls you and you're just on the phone, don't take that phone call or leave the event. You know, 
I get that we're we're used to seeing the zombies, is what I call them, phone zombies. Everybody walking around, looking at their screens, bouncing into each other like pachinga balls. But when you're at an event, that's not the purpose. So now this is an interesting point. I'm curious, <laughs> with the world being as social as it is now, and for the posting and the editing and the photo taking. People will always look like they're on their phone, and there is such a fine line between like being on your phone and being on your phone. Right. Right. I think um, to to address that point, yeah. I think it's important that uh, you understand some of the other basic nuances of personal connections, and that's eye contact. Yeah. Like you know, we're sitting here. One of the cues when you're so just a little backstory here. Um, you know, we're all sitting here. We're sharing a couple mics. We've got wine. We've got an outline. You know, I've got my co-host. She is helping me to keep the the show moving. We make eye contact with our hosts and with our guests so that everybody kind of knows what's coming up next. I think it's important that if you are using your phone, let's say, as if you're somebody's given an interview and you're, you've got your phone out because you're taking notes or whatever, that you make that eye contact so you know that even though you've got this social media piece or this people like to say it's social, I don't really look at it as social, but it allows you to share an experience, but make the, the primary importance that one-on-one with you and that phone becomes a secondary. It's like kind Good of point. show that you're sharing, but you have my undivided attention. That's why I'm here. I want to hear what you have to say. I love what you're saying. I want to share it with, with the rest of the world. There is a way to do it. Yeah, well absolutely. Done. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have other, you know, having been the recipient, you know, recipient of, lots of these events and you've done I mean how many years have you done Taste Washington? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's on its twenty second and I feel like it's my twenty second. <laughs> yeah, a handful of years. But you're right. And I would think it's even it's I mean it's as changing so quickly. So year over year you get like a whole new batch of people who are approaching it in different ways. But I think to your point, the eye contact and little nuances of how people are carrying themselves while they're on their phone really right. does indicate to you I am present, even though I'm glancing this way, mm-hmm. versus the people that are totally checked out. I think that you're right. Well, and I think that also it brings up part of the, what we were going to talk about and are going to talk about is, you know, gossip and, you know, other negative things that you don't want to be doing at an event. That also goes socially, too. If you're in an event and you're not enjoying the experience, it really doesn't mean that everybody else at the event isn't having a fabulous time. So please Correct. don't hashtag this event sucks or oh I totally you know, agree with that you know there there is a social etiquette as well for how you present yourself if you are going to be social and post on your Instagram or on your Snapchat I totally agree with that yeah and I think people are so quick to criticize mm-hmm. oh they always have been praise. and you know like and we all like we're humans we all like we have our good days and our bad days and it's just like I always think like well my grandmother always said if you don't have anything nice, nice to say, say don't say it at all right well and it makes it also easier to you're easier to engage and look around if you're not preoccupied with your phone or trying to figure out what other people are saying about the event yeah because like you said people are sometimes they will have a tendency to go negative before positive right and they'll if you're looking at your phone and saying, oh, my God, somebody else is here. Oh, they really didn't like that. Oh, well, I'm not going to go over there. Well, that's not to say that you're not going to have an amazing experience yep. meeting with this chef or this mm-hmm. person or this car brand or this, you know, whatever it is that you're looking at, what, at whatever event you're at. Or 
here at a charity event. And, I was going to say, charity events, I, yeah. I would say it's an absolute no. You are a, how do I say this as nicely as humanly possible? <laughs> you are over the top rude if you leave negative comments during a charity event. We, we, have, we see it all the time, but you have to remember that social experiences are personal experiences. You're putting yourself in an environment of multiple people for a cause, for an event. If you're not having the experience you want or as expected or something is just not jiving with you, it is your responsibility to remove yourself and Granted, if you feel like you have a valid reason for being unhappy, you contact the host afterwards. You don't do it during the event. And I think it's, it's one of those things of we need to start teaching and really edifying these people who put these events on because, yeah, it's a lot of work. And sometimes people make mistakes and slip up, and you can't avoid it. And if you are one of the people who end up on the reciprocation of that, reach out afterwards because I will tell you nine times out of ten, that host of that event will be, I am so sorry, you know, we, this was the intent of our event. You know, let me make it up to you mm-hmm. because everybody who puts on events, 99% of the time wants you to have an amazing experience. They didn't get into event planning or event doing just because they got into it because there was a love or a passion just like wine or any other artistic creative type of thing. Well, Lisa, that's a good question for you because definitely our taste buds are all different. I right. do not know what an orange tastes like to you, but I know what an orange tastes like to me. So how do you how do you handle that experience when you have somebody come in to hear and say, oh, my gosh, this is so great, and the next person next to them is like, oh, I don't I didn't like that at all. Yeah, so everybody, like you said, everybody brings a different set of experiences to a tasting, and they all have a different perspective. And we try to help you find a wine that you will like. We have, uh, you know, we have seven wines. Hopefully there's one you like. And if I can't find that wine for you, like we don't, I don't make a lot of sweet wines. I mean, the rosé is something different for me, but the majority of our wines are very dry. Um, I make white wines for red wine drinkers. I've heard that multiple times. But I, have, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but I have great neighbors, and I yeah. know what they're doing, and I can kind of hone in on what someone likes, and I can say, you know what? I have a wine. Go try it at this neighbor's place, and That's I bet fantastic. you'll love it. Yeah. So fantastic. I try to find, a, find something for them. Speaking of somebody who works at Washington State Wine, representing every licensed winery, that makes me so happy. I know. It just speaks to how collaborative and collegial and how partnershipy every. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it, it is. It is a very. I try to tell people, like people ask me, what is it really like to be in this industry? Um, and I have to say, it's so collaborative. Like mm-hmm. your neighbors will help you when you need them. Mm-hmm. And we really like. There's competition, but not in a negative way. Like we really support each other. We really help each other. And I think this is really unique what we have here. It really is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of wine, let's talk about the wine that's sitting in front of us. Yeah. This is this is what I love about being yeah. social. <laughs> um, this is our 2015 Cabernet. And this is all um, Cabernet, 100% from Cayona Vineyards on Red Mountain. Um, this is one of my very favorites. Yeah, it's got a lot of fruit, a um, lot of structure. Um, I just think, like, Red Mountain Cabernets, man, they're amazing. They this are. is where you want the Willy Wonka smell-o-vision. Oh, yeah. my yeah. worst. I wish. I know. 
Okay, so what year is this? Because to me, this presents as an older wine. And my taste buds, I learned uh, through a competition, are laid down. So my brain always thinks, oh, my God, you know, how is this going to taste in three, five, seven years? But this one, I'm just like, uh, just bring me more. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a 2015, and, and, and wow. I do try to lay wines down for a little bit. So we, you know, we spend two years in, in barrel. We try to lay it down for a year before release. I'm also pretty light on the oak. We use some mm-hmm. new oak, but okay. not a whole lot of new oak. Because I want you to taste the fruit. I want you to see what a Washington Cabernet tastes like. And when I say that, this can vary so much. Like, this is a Red Mountain Cabernet. I can pull something off a Walloon Slope that'll be so different. And, like, I really love being a, a, a winemaker in Washington State. Like, the diversity. The, the diversity, yep. the growers, they just are so passionate about what they do. It makes me more passionate about what I do. Um, it's like, infectious. It's mm. so infectious. And we are so lucky to get wine out of the state. Like, yes, it is absolutely. amazing. Yeah. That is awesome. Thank you for spoiling us up with all these delicious wines. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the first off event going basics with... Find things to compliment people on. Yes. Opens up communication. You know, if you're new to event going and which, and I, I have to tell you, I started this whole show and speak from experience because I did not come from a family that was social. I didn't know how to step into the social realm. And so the first thing I started asking is, how do I do this better? Um, and when you meet somebody new and you find something to compliment them about, it's, it really opens it up and makes people very comfortable. They're like, wow, you notice because everybody goes out and they've done something to try to make themselves feel good or beautiful or stand out. And if you take a once over and look at somebody and find something to compliment them on, um, it's amazing how all of a sudden you can go off into these great conversations, create new friendships uh, that last lifetimes. I mean, Shelly and I are probably a perfect example of that. And don't do it disingenuously no, either. No. If you really don't or can't find something to say nice, just like you said, if what your don't grandma said, say anything. walk away. Go, go yeah. see somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, with this, we've all, we're talking also about big events, but let's talk about small events too. Being raised by a Southern mother, if I had shown up at an event or a house, without a gift or some sort of a note to say how thankful I was for being there, I would have been in very big trouble. I Um, think it's a lost art. It is. And I think wine is one of the most beautiful gifts that you can bring. One of my most favorite things to do is take a bottle of wine and attach a note to it why I brought it. What made great idea. what made me think about the person when I brought the bottle of wine? It wasn't it wasn't necessarily about the wine itself, but like you said, it was the experience. I love it. Okay, so first off, let's remind everyone that when you go out to be a part of a social event that are not like-minded people or demographically specific groups, you need to really kick in the skills of using your God-given facilities proportionately. We were given two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. Now, it works to your benefit in two ways. Number one, the assume goes away. You make less of an ass out of you and me. Um, Number two, it allows you to learn more about the people around you. I love to socialize. I love to talk. I love to, to share and be a part of things. And I have mastered the art of kicking myself in the foot. 
and going, okay, but what about you? Um, if you cut your, if you cut, or, or in a conversation, you get excited, which we do all the time. And it's like, oh my gosh, and da 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 da, and, and you cut somebody off. Stop, remember, make eye t- contact, go back to them. I'm so sorry, what were you saying again? And invite them back into that conversation. Again, use your faculties in a way that is going to enhance the entire evening for everybody, not just yourself. And challenge, one of the things to challenge yourself to do, especially at events, is to challenge yourself to walk up to people and have a eye-to-eye conversation with them. Oh, yeah. That's hard these days. A lot of people don't know how to make eye contact. But when you're going to do that, please don't bring up the wall, (laughs) Trump, MAGA, uh, any controversial subjects, you know, light and bright, just like wine. Just think about being light and bright in your conversation. Weather. Weather is always a a good one. It doesn't, you know, even if it's a topic of interest – books or oh, yeah. movies or something fun. Keep it simple. Right. Yeah. I, I love that phrase because I think mentally it puts you in the right place. Right. Um, keeping an open mind, you know, being receptive to things that people are saying. Um, yeah. I think one of the, one of the best subject or one of the best questions somebody ever asked me and they really caught me off guard because I thought they were going to ask me like we all do. What do you do for a living? <laughs> and I didn't want to really talk about what I did, but she didn't. She asked me, what do I like to do for fun? I love that. Yeah. And it was such, it that. threw me so off kilter for a minute because I was used to the, I was going to go into my little table topic speech of, you know, what do I do and who I do it with and how I do it. But I really had to stop and think about what do I really do like to do for fun? Oh, and it was really, it was a fun con. And then I learned what she liked to do for fun. So it was actually a really good way for us to determine, do we actually have anything like-minded that we liked or will we kind of polar opposites and we could learn something about each other's fun times anyway? I think it's a much better icebreaker to ask somebody, you know, what are you passionate about? Mm-hmm. Because then you really learn more about that person. What they do for a job, sometimes it was a dedicated choice. Sometimes they just kind of fell into it. You know, our lifestyles take us to jobs in such a different way, but our passions and the things that we pursue in our life, which really dictate more of who we are, I think, yeah, I think I totally agree. It's a way better question to ask when you're being social. Mm-hmm. And at, with this, we have our, um, is this our last tasting? This is our last tasting, oh but I do God. have more wine. <laughs> Well, try these tonight. We're going to talk about intoxication after this. Yeah, you go first and talk about All right. This is our Grand Rouge. This is our 2016. And this is 50% Cab, 50% Merlot, Red Mountain, Cayona Vineyards. And the reason I came up with this wine, Grand Rouge, is because I love Merlot. And Washington State is one of the best places to have a Merlot. But to get people to drink Merlot can sometimes be difficult. So this is kind of my gateway to Merlot. 50% Cab, 50% Merlot. They fall in love with this. And I'm like, you know what? I have a Merlot for it. <laughs> you got to try it. So I, I think people just think about Merlot as it tastes like a big stick of butter. So And, and it doesn't. A it's good not Merlot here. does not taste like a big no. stick of butter. So. I mean, like, if you look at, um, I also get Merlot out of Cayman Vineyards. It's, um, it's so fruit forward. It's like uh, marion berries, but it's got kind of that slaty um, mm-hmm. texture to it, and it's got like this 
little bit of dust, and it's just, it's in, and it's got structure and tannin and a nice burger with that Merlot, and oh, it's like, yum. you've got the best evening you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the things I think I love so much about Washington is all of the stereotypes that, you know, it's up to about 50 years ago that were presented with different varietals. Washington literally looked at those stereotypes as glass and played Jewish or Greek. Opa and dropped that stuff on the ground. It's like, no, there's no rules. Let's let's really see what these you know varietals can bring. And I think that Washington has done a great job. So if you think you know what a Merlot is or a Molbach or a Chardonnay, which I'm guilty, Chardonnay and, and I have have had this very controversial relationship. Um, <laughs> taste it in Washington. Go, you know, make a point to go and try things that normally you would say, eh, if you tasted them from other regions or countries. And even from within Washington. Right. Yes. Oh, you very, very different. Yes. Yes. Washington has 14 geologically unique growing regions mm-hmm. that we call AVAs. 14. It's insane. Which means that there are 14 lines drawn across the state that grapes that are grown in this AVA are totally, totally different, different than grapes that are grown right next door in this one. Yep. So try a Chardonnay from even two different AVAs within the state and see which one works. Right. And then even by winemaker, it'll vary. Yep. Oh, yeah. Somebody uses oak, somebody doesn't totally. use right. oak. Yeah, how the, what, um, what they play on with that right. particular varietal. Right. Well, somebody picks early, somebody picks a little bit later. <laughs> like, right. You know, just experiment. Like, we're... Gosh, we're so lucky to live here. We yeah. are. We're very spoiled. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're going to buzz through the, these are the things you don't do mm-hmm. um, when you're at a demographically unspecific event or or in this particular instance, I wanted to broad, broaden it and say, if you're meeting new friends and new acquaintances, um, don't do these things. Okay. okay. <laughs> First one, don't challenge what people say publicly. This never works out to your benefit when you first meet someone and your words are quite often lost on them when you do it publicly. If they're wrong, everyone else will probably be aware of the fact anyway. So why do you think you have to be the blabbermouth and point out something that, you know, may be relevant, may not be? Um, If it becomes, if it's somebody you have a relationship with, that's one thing to, you know, pull them aside. But to do anything like that publicly, it makes you look like an asshole. You're not on a, you're not on an episode of Law and Order. no. You get no extra credit points. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two, don't be condescending or contrary. Um, this may be a default when you're uncomfortable around some people, and um, many thing, many people think it's a funny way of disagreeing. Uh, either way, it's still rude, and you're not hiding anything from anyone. It's not worth your time to even go there with being condescending or or rude. I know that there's a lot of TV out there that has, you know, built an entire platform out of doing this. That's why it's on TV. You sit in a chair and you laugh at it. You don't take it out into the real world and act on it. Yes. Um, Like we said earlier, don't bring up controversial topics. While some might find it tantalizing and think that gossip girl approach is a good icebreaker, it really is not. not. one-upping people. Ugh. Oh, my God. I cannot like stand it. We, I won't name names, but we well, <laughs> we, have, we have a friend, and she's a lovely person, but we call it being Joni-fied. Because oh no matter Lord. what you do, she's got, a, she's got one up on it. So it's we got being a, Joni-fied. We got a Bobby. Um, yeah. Bobby's, and Bobby's <laughs> always one-upping everything. Well, I've done da 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 It's like, okay. And just... <laughs> Just yes, no. Exactly. 
Uh, not everyone has kids. Not everyone has dogs. Not everyone has cats. Don't Those over chat them. Yeah, don't over chat. Your kids, <laughs> cats, or dogs. And finally, don't use acronyms and abbreviations when you're in a mixed demographic. Okay, I totally get it. If you're at a Microsoft party and you're geeking out, everybody <laughs> knows what it is, fine. But when you're at mixed events, it is so annoying and an immediate turnoff when you use an acronym and you think you're being all high and mighty and you think, oh, yeah, everybody's going to know on something. No, they just look at you and go, really, you couldn't say the whole sentence? I, I, dumb it down for me. No kindergarten for you? I mean, <laughs> did, you, did you skip that day in kindergarten where you actually explain yourself? Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I can't even come up with an acronym. Oh, because this is one of the most important things you never, ever do at a party. Don't get over inebriated. No, that's yeah. coming up. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's right. Yeah, don't. Or in a tasting room. Or in a tasting room. Okay. <laughs> over inebriated anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere. And, okay, I get sometimes maybe you're excited, you go out, and you're not really paying attention. If you don't go out very often, there is a surefire way to kind of keep ahead of it, and that is called double fisting. So you've got the wine or the beverage in one hand, and you have water. If you are not used to going out and drinking or socializing in um, an, an open forum where, there, where people are literally throwing stuff at you, which wine tastings, they can. I mean, they can be very generous. You need to control yourself and have that water. Every sip of wine, have a sip of water. That's how you help maintain control. And then also, no, math a little. You know, it's if also you, okay to spit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why do you think it's almost yeah. cool? Right. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Why don't you expand on that? Spitting <laughs> is. I mean, I'm going to say it's hard for me. So I because I I prize the juice so much. So I just try to drink less. But it does. It, it adds. If you're trying to taste to learn wine to buy wine, most definitely. It's true. I mean, you have to remember because it is hard in the moment. You find yourself, especially at events like Taste Washington, you are surrounded mm-hmm. by beautiful wines that you're like, why would I ever spit this out? But just yeah. remember, the more that you spit, the longer you will be able to right. properly taste the wines that you are enjoying. Yeah. <laughs> and the longer you'll last. Yeah, you don't want to be the person with their face on the floor. And eat some food. Eat some food. That's yeah. right. Eat oh, yeah. Cracker. Almost like those events are designed for that. Right. Wine before, before, yes, before right. during, and after. <laughs> All righty. So let's um, pop into some other things to consider so we can wrap this up real quick. We're going to kind of push through this because we want to get to you, Ms. Abe. Uh, okay, wait a minute. Say it again. Avril. 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 I hate that my, my autocorrect <laughs> messed up your name. Honestly, I as love much you. as I hate that, that is the best way to remember yeah. it. Avril. Let me yeah, just say, though, I'm older. I'm cuter. If yes. I could sing, I'd be a better singer. But <laughs> you are beautiful. Avril Levine is exactly how you say Avril. <laughs> Love it. And that's, again, another good topic on socially savvy things. There are going to be times when you are introduced to somebody and you literally walk around and turn around and cannot remember the person's <laughs> name. It is okay to continue to ask for it properly. Yes. I, am, I am turning 50 this year. Now, I was n- never great. Huh, seriously? Yes. <laughs> for me, I understand and I think it's, it's important to share that people's names are very personal. And if for whatever reason, and I am very guilty of this, if you cannot grasp how to say somebody's name, it is so important to continue saying, okay, I'm sorry. It may take me 10 or 15 or 20 times, but it is more respectful for me to do that than it is to dismiss and just simply miss it. 
pronounce your name the rest of however long we're together. Speaking of, of somebody with a difficult name to remember and to pronounce and to say, it is very appreciated when that's done. So you're spot on. Yay. Yeah, well, and especially if we're talking about culturally diverse yeah. social events. Right. Well, oh, yeah. you're going to have people from all over the world, so how they roll their R, yeah. how, they the t- how your tongue works, yep. is going to be very different. So yep. if you cannot say that name, at least make an attempt to say it and repeat it just so that you make sure that you have any opportunity because the more yeah. you repeat something, the more... The better you're going to get at it. And, and the person then feels like you actually care. Yes. You know, yeah, it's called giving a damn. Okay, some things to consider. When you make somebody angry or upset, it's not just a mental thing. It often has physical consequences that can make the initial issue compound into a bigger, bigger deal. Be an adult think through comments you are considering making. The reason that I bring this up is we think that when words come out of our mouth that it just has a, a mental or an emotional backlash. But if you say something that truly hurts somebody, it can actually have a very physical um, response. It can make somebody sick. Um, it can make somebody feel um, very insecure and literally want to melt into a wall. So I think it's really important to understand the power of the words that we use and understand that it's not just something you're throwing out in the air. We should not use these words dismissively. We should look at them as the powerful things that they are. Well, and like we, and we were talking about being inebriated, inebriation is not truth juice. <laughs> yes. Yes, you get, to, you get to cover this right now. <laughs> yeah, it is not truth juice. You know, you don't spit out your filter and just start saying things because there's definitely, you know, the duplicity and the importance of being socially acceptable is going to allow you to be able to attend and be at different events. And be invited back. And be invited back. <laughs> so please, please be mindful of your consumption and realize that no matter what you do or say, your words mean something to somebody so and they will be remembered tomorrow yes, yes. absolutely whether you remember them or not right. yes. <laughs> ultimately you're responsible for what comes out of your mouth and regardless of what current media says mm-hmm. you are responsible um if you do see that you have offended somebody if you have slipped and didn't realize immediately apologize and do so gracefully let them know that you really didn't intend to offend them. Um, handle yourself with grace and dignity. Uh, if, if somebody gets very upset about it, you need to take the responsibility and allow them, you know, their process because you stepped on it first. Um, you don't need to vocalize everything all the time, but try to, try to go in and make amends. And if you can't make amends um, immediately, then step away. And if you are the type of person who likes to fix things like I am, then reach out on a private side and, and go from there. But when you're at a public event, just either rectify it immediately and if you can't, step away. All right, commercials. We haven't been doing those today. <laughs> Seattle and Cork is a social wine club for wine enthusiasts to meet new friends and network with others who love wine. Unlike most wine clubs, those whose real purpose is to sell wine, Seattle Uncorked is a resource to learn about fun events and classes. There is no membership fee to join. Members will receive a membership card and weekly emails with notices of events. Check out their upcoming event, Debuts and Discoveries, March 16th. Details will be revealed later in the show. Alrighty, socially savvy question of the week. 
Every week we ask socially savvy fans um, a question, and we want to get their feedback. So we're going to bust through this. Shelly, you and I are going to play tennis and bounce right. back and forth. So the question was, how do you respond to the statements that start with most people? Um, we had several who, all, who came back with, um, I always say, I'm not most people, end of discussion. That was Michelle McBride. Um, Shannon, thank you. You said pretty much the same thing, and Selena, it's the same. I'm not most people. Mm-hmm. Or Susan Plunkett, I am not, or incorrect grammar. Yes, because yes. technically it's not correct it's grammar. Not correct grammar. Uh, Jessica, I just don't, and keep scrolling. It's not worth the time of day. I love that. Yes. Scott had, <laughs> I like his response, most people are idiots. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Janice, well, I'm not most people, so you should act accordingly. I, I have that. to say, I think that's probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So thanks, know, everyone. Janice. Thanks, G. Yes, <laughs> thanks, everyone. We look forward to everybody answering socially savvy questions in the future. Um, give us your input. Um, if you do, all these people will be entered into our drawing for events coming up. Uh, we have tickets for both Venice's Thinking and Debut and Discovery from Seattle and Cork. All right, so we've Cranked through our tastings and a Avril. Avril. I look. I keep looking down, and my autocorrect messed it up. The spelling is unfair. Avril. I love your. I mean, it rolls up your tongue very beautifully when you don't botch it. You don't look at it in writing. You don't look at it in writing. Yeah, that's that's the the hard part. When you're looking at it in writing, it's like dismissive. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having um, me. I'm really looking forward to you kind of giving us some insight. I know that, you know, a lot of people who are familiar with Taste Washington know it's been around for a long time, 22 uh, years. 22 years, that's right. Um, and it has evolved and changed into this amazing support of Washington wines and food, yep. and it's become this this huge event where it does broadcast across many demographics and it allows for many people from many different places to have an experience that's very shared. Um, So I'm really excited to hear uh, what you think is a bit different this year than Mm -hmm. previous years and um, touch base on some good practices for first timers event. Um, And those of you who are listening, I kind of figured today's show is going to go over a little bit. So we do have recording for up to 90 minutes. So don't feel like you're rushed. I got a lot to say. Fantastic. I love it. Um, So Taste Washington, if everybody doesn't know, is actually a partnership with Visit Seattle and Washington State Wine. And I think that that's an important thing to remember because it truly does encapsulate both everything that Visit Seattle, which represents the entire state of Washington, Seattle, uh, and Washington State Wine are doing. So it's a collection of the best of the best from all of Pacific Northwest. It brings together chefs and bites and wines and totally different experiences. So now in its 22nd year, the festival has actually grown to be four full days of events. Wow. And within that, we have different events that are curated towards everybody's different styles, different palettes, and different levels of involvement. So everything kicks off on Thursday at the classic red and white party. Oh, my God. Someday I'm going to (laughs) go. Okay. But you said Thursday, so what Okay, is that's a great Thursday? question. Thank you. So Thursday, March 28th. Thank you. And the Thursday festival March runs 28th. through Sunday, March 31st. And just as we're all listening with our peak yeah. attention, tastewashington.org will be your resource for tickets and for any of this information. We also have them on our Socially Savvy Events pages, Socially Savvy Eastside, Seattle, South Sound, North Seattle. You got it covered. Yes, we try. <laughs>
So Thursday kicks off with Red and White. Um, it's a beautiful event hosted at Aqua by El Gaucho, which is there's no down on the pier, so mm-hmm. it's right on the water. In years past, we've been able, we've been blessed with wonderful weather, so they actually open up those doors and you're out on the patio. Mm-hmm. Um, what's new, it's, a, it's an event that happens every Taste Washington, but what's new this year is the winemakers that have been invited um, have switched up the theme for the wines that they're offering, and they've themed it this year as a peek into their cellars. Oh. So it's wines that you can't get in a tasting room. It's wines that will not be at Taste Washington. It's wines that are the winemakers' favorite wines from within their cellar. A peek into their cellars. Okay, yeah. I'm going to tweak our question at taste. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Um, so that's Thursday. Day one, what an amazing day. Next morning, Friday, March 29th, uh, Taste Washington on the farm. And boy, talk about a contrast from last night's event to this. Red and white, aqua Gacho, you dress up super fancy. You're getting these beautiful cellar wines. Taste Washington on the farm the next morning. You're getting your boots dirty. Down and dead, <laughs> eh? Right. We're taking you out to a farm to really showcase how it all comes to be. Because wine is also uh, like... Uh, it's a crop. It takes you. <laughs> yeah, it's agri. It's yes, it is agri. <laughs> so this gives you the opportunity to get out into the farm with the farmer themselves. You're at the table with the chefs who are cooking you an amazing oh, lunch. And the then you're sharing a glass of wine with featured winemakers. So Taste Washington on the Farm offers two different farms to go to, and that will fill your Friday morning. But don't get too exhausted, because after that, and new this year, the famous can list, if everybody is yeah. Talk about a legacy place. <laughs> they are offering for the first time ever a 30-person winemaker dinner. Oh, wow. And Nelson, who is the head wine and spirit buyer, is personally curating the best Washington wines he's never heard of. Holy cow. Okay, are there tickets left? There are tickets. Holy crap. Okay, you've heard on Socially Savvy, there are tickets left for this event. Get your ticket. 30 people go so fast. So what's the event called? It's called the Canless Wine Dinner. Canless Wine Dinner. So if you are a foodie and wino, get your ticket now. Canless is a once-in-a-lifetime dining opportunity. So to be able to pay one ticket price and get all of the wines on that menu, and it's all in. So it's an amazing opportunity. Wow. Um, Back again this year, the new vintage. Traditionally, what we've always said about that event is that it was, um, years ago, we would say it was geared towards the younger uh, wine drinkers, but now how dare we assume anyone's age and <laughs> wine is for everyone as we know, so there's no point in putting an age on it. So this is just a bit of a more focused, curated party of wine. So the oh, grand love. tasting is a big grand tasting. This is a bit more focused. So you have fewer winemakers, so you get to experience more taste and they're specifically paired with chef bites. Oh. There's gonna be a DJ. It's at the sanctuary in downtown Seattle, so a super funky new Venue. Yep. Sanctuary mm-hmm. has been a lot of fun this yeah. last because it's open. Mm-hmm. And the party doesn't even stop there. <laughs> also new this year. Oh, good Lord. There okay, is- first off, I'm going to say, is is it Lyft or Uber who is a, a partner or are either of them? Should we just go with both? <laughs> both. Okay, but because... You know what? For this next opportunity, transportation is taken care of <gasps> because the Lexus late-night party with Eduardo Jordan himself. Oh. So Lexus will be providing transportation from the new vintage to the after party with Eduardo Jordan and a handful of his chef friends. And it, the party will continue. So the new vintage goes from 7 to 10. This party starts at 10 and goes into the night. Okay, I need to talk to you after the show. <laughs> wow. So that's new and wow. fun this year. Wow, yeah. fantastic. 
Um, and then the next morning, Saturday and Sunday, the days mirror each other. So you start your morning off with educational seminars that are held at the Four Seasons. Um, three seminars are offered each day. Unfortunately, they're all happening at the same time, so you do need to choose. You have to make a choice. Day. But you can go both days. Um, it's a beautiful collection of industry professionals. So we've got thumbs, we've got buyers, we've got winemakers, we've got educators, and they are covering topics, everything from extreme viticulture, so things like what we were talking about today, all of our different AVAs and the different vineyards and the different growing regions, Washington versus the world, how we hold up new world versus old world styles, Cabernet through the ages, and I won't read you the full list because it's online, but the list goes on. So oh, wow. seminars in the morning to jumpstart your educational palette, and then you roll right into the grand tasting. Again, it will be held at Century Link Event Center. There's going to be over 235 wineries. It's massive. And over 65 chefs. Back again, we've got the chef, celebrity chef stage. So oh, my gosh. I love demos. that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is a full... And Alaska Airlines does that private where you get to... I mean, they have the winemakers, they have the chefs, like, in the tent. And So if you're an Alaska Airlines cardholder, you get to go in there and you get to have one-on-one face time. Well, like we were saying at the beginning of this, like, this is really curated to be able to give the consumers that intimate, up-close experience with these people behind the wines and behind the food, like, behind the products of all this stuff. So you'll find little pockets of opportunities, like the late night with Eduardo, you're literally hanging out with Eduardo Jordan. So, wow. And same thing at the Alaska tent. Chefs will pop in. Winemakers will be there. So it's, it's an opportunity to really experience it fully. So I'm going to pop in here real quick and ask, you know, with, with the, the lineup of events like this, I yeah. mean, if you were to run through yeah. as many as humanly possible, um, particularly the days of the grand tasting, what are some cool tips? and tricks that you would recommend so that people don't get lost. I know we talked about, you know, or, um, I would say definitely eat breakfast. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yes, I, you're right. There are bites that are served, but it's always good to have a good base. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it sounds silly to some people, but the program uh, and the list of chefs and wineries is available online. Take a peek at it before you go. <laughs> so mentally you can make note of which wineries you want to hit, which chefs you want to make sure you taste Perfect. from. Um, the map of where they're all laid out is also online. So we switch it up every year with the alphabet. I mean, we keep everything alphabetized, but sometimes we start from the back to the front. So I'm in the front this year. But it's good to have strategy too, kind of just maybe making a couple mental notes of what you want to get out of the day. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who are a little bit more of the wine connoisseurs want to go through and taste as many whites as they can and then move to reds. Well, and that was one of the things I was going to recommend is if you can do a VIP experience and you can do both days, one of the things that I have loved doing is I'll cover whites on one day, I'll cover reds on the other. No. I have, I'll, I'll take a look at the list, which thankfully everything is online, and I will go through and you know, your first five or ten need to be either something you're hyper, hyper interested in, you don't know anything about, and then you go back and visit all your yeah. favorites. Yeah. You know, I think it, it, that to me is one of the, the fun ways of approaching it. Um, if you have a specific event where I've actually had several friends who had events, they're going, I'm going to, cause I got to find the wines for these events. Um, you know, that's going to be a little bit different, but yeah. and just have a plan. Be nice to yourself throughout it because at the end of the day, you will get distracted and you will get wrapped up in the beauty and the love of everything. Of everything. There are no rules as long as you leave and have fun. And that's, that's what matters. So enjoy yourself. And lastly, 
Yes, we keep going. I there's, love this. <laughs> the Sunday brunch. So last year was the first year that we did a Sunday brunch, and it was a huge hit. This year, because it's also the Mariners' opening game against the Boston Red Sox. Oh, wow. Mom oh, Douglas will be doing an East Coast versus West Coast cook-off Ooh, with a Boston chef, Chef Anna, who's oh, going to be flying Okay, Boston. how did I miss this? I didn't oh, read far enough. God. This is what happens when you don't read far this enough. That's why I'm here, to tell you this. I love you. <laughs> So that will take place at the Palace Ballroom. Uh, there are oh, certificates nice. available for that, too. And what's so, that time frame again? Um, it is from 1030 to 1230. So just enough time to squeeze that in. And then you have a half an hour to get in line if you're in VIP. Well, actually, VIP um, is at 130, but the tasting hours have been extended this year. So we are now, if you're VIP, it's 130 to 6 p.m. Oh, wow. Oh, Shelly, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> No big deal. That's it. That's the thing. No big deal. Oh my god. Safe Washington is probably one of my favorite events of the year because if you understand the dem- the demographics of how people work, most people will not extend themselves outside of a 25 mile radius. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, understanding how many wineries fall outside right. that 25 miles, you have an opportunity to pop into a venue within what your comfort zone is, and experience literally every AVA, every demographic of our amazing state. I think that that is the biggest takeaway for what this weekend festival really is, is an opportunity to taste the entire state in one room. Yeah. Well, and it does. I mean, we are very fortunate, like you said, to live in a state that's so diverse and has so many different uh not only climates and cultures and differences of thoughts and opinions and how we like things and how things are structured, but it is amazing to think there's a collaboration still mm-hmm. that can happen. Um, I always tell this story. It's so funny to me. My grandfather was born in Horse Heaven Hills, Washington. Uh-huh. Actually, it was called Horse Haven when wow. he was born, and it was part of the John Day territory. It wasn't really truly an area that was known for anything other than an Indian reservation was no such place as Port Haven and actually the city closed up. So now to step forward into where we are now with Washington Wines and know Horse Heaven is just one of the most amazing and spectacular wine areas in our state. It's just this little area it's awesome. outside of Yakima, Washington. It is really cool. Or to think when we were kids growing up that um, Kermit the Frog talked about a fine wine from Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> and how now it really is. We have very, very um, fine wine. Oh, we from compete Walla Walla internationally. Yeah. And it does put us more, you know, I think it's a neat thing for Washington to be recognized as a food culture and a wine culture it isn't just happening in napa or it isn't just no most definitely food isn't just happening in new york or chicago or san francisco we can talk about a really amazing food here in washington state even as much as even like diners uh drivers and dives yeah love that featured uh, burgers in Spokane, Washington, yep. yeah. and yeah. you know something in Colville. So you know it is fun to see yeah. the diversity that we've had, and that's what creates, like you talked about, the diversity also in the events that we all yep. go to in Washington. I would agree. Yeah, I think one of the things that if you're looking for a reason, and and some people do, they're they're like, okay, eh, you know, wine is like, eh, you know, why I can drink it. Some people have the yum and yuck. 
like I either love it or I don't. Yep. I have a, oh, yum, a yum, friend yum. That, that that introduced my husband to that, and, and he uh, launched onto that one. It's yum or yuck. <laughs> um, if you're going to say yuck, say it kindly. It's just not quite for me. You know, <laughs> be nice about it. But one of the things I find so interesting about Washington Wines is that it has literally we reawakened towns and regions that were lost. I mean, Shelly and I have um, an affinity to Orville. Mm-hmm. And Orville, Washington. Orville, Washington. And that was a city, a little town that had a previous history with gold. And now just over the border in Canada, it has the Canadian wine tasting region that literally, I mean, you take a look at the wine regions and that's where wine starts and it goes all the way down through the U.S. into all the way through Washington, through Oregon, into California. And there's so much that that brings to your state and to your experience. And you can go pretty much any corner of Washington and you can have an experience. And I adore that. Well, thank you so much for sharing taste with us in such a lovely way. Um, With that, we're going to be touching base on some of our upcoming events this week. All these events will be hyperlinked for your ease, and you can find them on our Facebook postings um, with our show as well as our Socially Savvy events pages, Socially Savvy uh, Eastside Events and Entertainment, Socially Savvy Seattle, North Seattle, and South Sound. So with that, as April said, Taste Washington Grand Tasting Saturday, March 30th, Sunday, March 31st, with 235 wineries, 65 restaurants, and some of the nation's most talented chefs to experience a tantalizing time. But I'm also really excited about some of the other things you talked about mm-hmm. um, on the farm, at Canlis, uh, the after party with Lexus, red and white ball. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot to be said about Taste Washington this year. Super excited. Uh, don't forget, Venice is thinking, March 30th. It was rescheduled. Thank you, Snowmageddon. <laughs> um, at the Seattle Design Center, mask is a must, and fab attire and a flirtatious attitude is encouraged. This night will delight you with things going on and around you at all times. You won't believe the costumes. Grab a friend and get your tickets to one of Seattle's sexiest social events of the year. Girl Scout cookie wine pairing. I love this one. (laughs) March 16th and 17th. Join Guard Vintners as they offer a special cookie and wine pairing. I I saw this. I was like, we're going. We're going. what goes the tree I know it's so, like okay it literally pulls out the inner geek adult and the little inner kid adult you yeah, know exactly. it's like how do you do that <laughs> uh spring sip and succulent at sweet lounge bellevue march 25th at 6 p.m plant a pretty table top terrarium and that's fun and make easy to care for they will guide you step by step through the entire process while you relax sip wine and tap into your inner gardener even if you're botanically challenged <laughs> Debuts and Discoveries, March 16th from 5 to 8 at Hangar 30. Discover new wines, new beers, new spirits, and new ciders. Join them for this 12th annual event where enthusiasts get to discover and taste all things new. Discover new relationships from your, oh no, I have to change pages, and I have wine from your local favorites as well as debuts from newest 
Northwest wineries, distilleries, cideries, and breweries. It's amazing how many of these have popped up in this area. Too. Oh, there's so many. And and this is a Seattle and Cork event, and David LeClaire does a fantastic oh, yeah, job absolutely. of supporting boutique wineries, bringing them up. He loves finding all the new people, so check him out. And if you don't know what Hangar 30 is, it's the most oh, amazing, amazing space. It's at the old naval station at Sandpoint, so right on Lake Washington. It's a fun area for an event. Fantastic. Again, all these events and more can be found on our local events pages, Socially Savvy Eastside Events and Entertainment and Socially Savvy of Seattle Events and Entertainment, to name our main ones. Check them out for more fun events in your area. And with that, I believe we're going to be doing a final tasting. I've got some pretty little red in my glass. I am not sure what it is. Do we not know what it is? This is a type now. Now you have to yeah. do oh, things. Oh, yeah, I have to figure out what it was. What, what did you pour? Ooh. Uh, was this the cab? I poured um, the cab. Oh, nice. And uh, you have the descendant. Ooh, the descendant. Okay, nice. you knew that was my favorite, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so we're finishing tonight's night off with, of course, a wine tasting. So Mystery taste. Mystery, Mystery taste. taste. Toast Cheers. to all of you delightful people. We... Um, to win ticket tickets that we are offering tonight for listening to the show, um, please go on and hyperlink and share tonight's page. If you want additional um, opportunities to win these tickets, the tickets that we're giving away tonight are a ticket to Venice is Thinking and a set of tickets to Debuts and Discoveries. Um, we ask that you would share this event, share the, the hyperlink for the show, as well as um, the event that you are most interested in attending. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope we inspired and intrigued you. If so, please like our page, share our shows, and let us know what questions or stories you would like us to share about being socially savvy. Watch for our announcements for next week's show. And um, we'd like to thank our sponsors tonight, War Kings. Thank, thank you, Lisa. You, Lisa. Thank you for coming. Alvin Goldfarb. Thanks, Shell. No problem. Taste Washington. Yay. Yum Brigadero, which we did not talk about tonight, but is a Brazilian chocolate that you're going to see up and coming here shortly. Ooh. Seattle and Cork, Seattle's Wine Club. Uh, the Power of She, Sparkling Ice, and Talking Rain. And remember, make every event better because you were there. Have a socially savvy week, everybody, and thanks so much for being a part of tonight's show. Good night. Good night. Oh, yeah. oh, that was so fun. That was good. <laughs> Woo, and you did it 90 minutes. <laughs>